can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello and welcome to episode four of 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. This is Ted Linhart here with Garrett Eisler. Good Hello, afternoon. Ted. Hello. We are going to talk about one of my favorite episodes. I think it's one of yours too called Sleepwalker. Am I correct? It's one of your favorites? I, it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, so before we get in, why don't you talk a little bit about who wrote it and air date? Okay, Sleepwalker, Season 2, Episode 4, air date October 8th, 1971. Um, written by a man named Mickey Rose, who wrote a few different odd couples over the seasons. But what he is most famous for today is he was Woody Allen's first writing partner. Uh, and that's because he was Woody Allen's best friend in high school. Uh, Woody writes about this in his recent memoir that Mickey was a high school friend who when he started meeting a writing partner, he, Mickey was a funny guy and he had him work on some early material, both for stand-up and some sketch comedy shows he did. But Mickey Rose is the, is the credited co-writer of Woody's first two real movies, uh, Take the Money and Run and Bananas. And he's even the co-writer for one of Woody's earliest and worst movies, What's Up, Tiger Lily. Which I, is like, the, I like What's Up, Tiger Lily. Okay, I know there are fans. I'm probably a lot of overlap with Odd Couple fans. That's the uh, Japanese spy movie. That yes, that's yet. the redubbed yeah. Japanese spy movie and Woody and Mickey Rose writing a lot of jokes for it. So I always was interested when I saw, Mickey Rose was one of the few writers I recognized when over the years watching The Odd Couple and uh, and I think that it probably has a lot to do with why this episode is so good. Well, I think this is the first episode of The Odd Couple I ever watched. I just have a very, very clear memory of this being something I watched early on before I really was aware of how great The Odd Couple was. And I just have fond memories of it being early on in my Odd Couple experience. I, I would call it the first great episode. I don't think anything season one can be great. And we have said that none of the prior three were great. So I call it the first great one. And because it's so good, we do have a lot of clips tonight to play. And some awesome. of them, some of them are yes. long. So yeah, why don't we, it. why don't we get into it? So we open on Oscar and Nancy eating dinner at the dining, at the dinner table, which is in the living room slash dining room. Um, Oscar ends the dinner very romantically saying so much for chow. And he brings uh, Nancy over to the couch where he's trying to be romantic in other ways. Uh, he hands her an after dinner mint, which was pretty bold of him to do before revealing that he has champagne hidden behind a pillow, which because apparently this is their first anniversary, which is the, when we find out about that, they met a year ago and they even referred to it because it's an episode that we actually saw in season one. Nancy is very surprised and delighted by this reveal. I, I don't know about you, Garrett, but her reaction was way over the top for me. I mean, I understand being happy if your boyfriend brings champagne, but I found her. Well, Ted, maybe you and I do not have the romantic secrets of Oscar Madison. You know, he. I just, you know, this is the second time we're talking about Nancy's reaction. Because last week we mentioned how she 
um, or the whole episode, sorry, with Felix's wife's boyfriend, how she made uh, odd looks when she came in that made it, um, that made it awkward to talk about the fact that his, her brother and Gloria were dating. Maybe it's just the way the actress chose to play the scene. Um, so Oscar then struggles to open the champagne. And I can't tell how much of that was staged or Jack Klugman actually having a hard time. I think it was meant to be hard to open or it was meant to, it, to bubble up and explode on the couch because it leads to a joke, uh, not the couch, the rug, because Felix has a joke about that later. But it didn't seem to you like he was actually struggling, like it wasn't supposed to be that hard to open. He's that good an actor too. So, so you believe it was all staged? Well, yeah, because it's in the script. I mean, it's like, that's, they talk of, he's saying how hard it is to open. I don't know, maybe he had lived that, but I think Jack Klugman is that good. Fair enough. So, and champagne bottles can be hard to open. Uh, that's, that's true. Realistic. I just wonder if, it, if, the, if Jack Klugman knew it was going to be that hard when he got into that scene. Or maybe it doesn't matter, but I just... Maybe he knew it was how much it was going to explode and he's a little scared of it. Could be. He does open the champagne and it does spill all over the carpet. And he, asks, he sees a lot of cork in the bottle now. And he says, it looks like a midget shipwreck, which is a <laughs> line I, I, I remember fondly. Yes. Um, so uh, he says that the, the champagne wouldn't have been a problem if it wasn't for Felix, that Oscar had bought a perfectly good bottle of champagne from Canada. I don't know why he feels the need to mention that. But Felix says it was a bad year and made Oscar go out and buy one from a good year, 1964, which according to Oscar, may have been a good year for champagne, but not for cork. So the whole point of this is to get Oscar to complain about Felix because it's the whole episode. And I felt it was a bit of a shoehorn. I really think there was no reason for him to bring up Felix here. It felt shoehorn. I'm sure it was annoying to him in, in, the, in the world of the characters that the cork was hard to open and Felix involved. But as you said, corks are always hard to open. So I just... You know, it, there's just this, it. it's a kind it's of a nice. forced segue into Oscar telling the story about trying to buy the right champagne. And I think all the details about it being Canadian and the year are just implying that Felix being such a snob is, of course, going to be a snob about wine, wines and champagnes. And uh, I would imagine I, I, I no slight. I, there are some fine Canadian wines I know of. So. But I would imagine Felix would look down his nose at a Canadian champagne, which, of course, is not authentic champagne because it's not from the Champagne region of France, as we well know. So um, I imagine they had some, it's implying they, that Felix was, uh, you know, butting in and, 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 and pestering Oscar about not having good taste in champagne. And I agree with all that. I just think the moment to talk about that now, because there's cork in the bottle. Yes. Is it's clearly a device to set up the rest of the episode. It didn't feel as organic as what I'm saying, as other conversations and other fights they have. That was my point, even though everything you're saying within the story it makes sense to me. Because the next thing that happens is Nancy says, here they are again, spending another evening, Oscar complaining about Felix. Oscar says, you're right. They have the whole evening to themselves because Mr. Clean is at the opera until midnight. They start to kiss, but then all of a sudden the lights turn on and we get another... Felix reveal, which we've seen already uh, the last two episodes we've talked about. But this time it's a modeling Felix. The last two times we got a Felix reveal, it was a happy Felix. Hi, good to see you. But now he's modeling because we find out later he's sick. And he says hi. And that brings us right to the opening <laughs> credits. 
And right as they're in the middle of smooching with the lights down, it's the lights come up. Yes. Because Felix just walked in the door and goes, hi. Yes. And Oscar's very uh, shocked and disappointed. How many, it'll be interesting to keep track of how many episodes start with some variation of, thank God Felix Felix is not here. Yes. And then, surprise, I'm here. Well, that's, we already have two with Felix's wife's boyfriend and this one. And Hospital Mates has its own version of it. So we're almost three for three in a way. Uh, four for four, can I, can I just add also, upon Felix's entrance, what I noticed the most uh, was he has that great tuxedo on with the blue ruffled yes. shirt. Yes. Which uh, is a look I really strongly associate with him, with Felix Unger in the show. In the 1970s. I've never seen anywhere else where it's a very, seven, very classy, yes. but very 70s tuxedo, yeah. So the, we come back from credits after the opening titles, and Oscar says, why, why? Felix doesn't understand what he's asking, and Oscar says, why did he come home so early? So here we get another Felix, forgive me, the martyrdom response that we have t- talked about last time. Uh, he says he wasn't feeling well, he has a tickle in the back of his throat, and he was feeling somewhat flushed. Oscar says he and Nancy planned a nice evening, quite evening, and Felix has to tickle and flush which I thought was a very funny line that the audience did not laugh hard enough at. Uh, Felix says that Oscar and Nancy should continue to enjoy the evening and they won't notice he's here, which of course is always a setup for noticing Felix is around. And then he backs out of the room throwing kisses from his hands. And that leads to this next scene, which we're going to play a clip of. See that? You believe this, Mary? Now, Oscar, would you please sit and forget it and okay. get back to us? All right, honey. Okay. To us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you happen to know how many years you get for drowning a man with his own mouthwash? Oscar, please kiss me. I'm sorry. You know where the aspirin is? How are you feeling? My throat still has that tickle. I'd like to scratch it for you. You do feel feverish, Oscar. Where's the thermometer? I don't know, honey. I'm only a tenant here, not a pharmacist. What does that remark mean? I'll tell you, Mr. Tickle and Flush, you're coming Oscar, Oscar, no, he isn't feeling well. Please Uh, get me a thermometer and two aspirin. Felix, uh, you sit right down. Thank you. Uh, This is what he served for dinner? Red wine and fish sticks? Open. I'm so sorry to interrupt your anniversary. Oh, it's no trouble. (laughs) Thank you, you're nice. It's our anniversary, too, you know that? One year ago tonight, you were treating me. (laughs) That's right. Mm. You had the flu, and I made the house call and met Oscar a year ago tonight. Thermometer and two aspirin. Did you remember to wash the thermometer off with alcohol and dry it with sterile cotton? No, I spit-shined it and used a T-shirt and a worm. Okay. I know he's joking, but I can't put the thing in my mouth when he says things like that. I'll do it myself. Don't worry about me. I'll be all right. I'll be in my room. Forgive me. Enjoy. I'm happy for both. Have a happy anniversary. Why me? Why me? Eight million divorced men in New York. I end up with dinosaur. So uh, there's so many great moments from that scene to talk about. The, the line, I'd like to scratch it for you. It's just 
something I, I love hearing. I mean, that something I think I've one another of Oscar's heard. threats. Yes, another of Oscar's threats, but violent it's, threats. Such great, such great delivery there, and such good timing. Of course, the red wine and fish sticks line that you mentioned. Good continuity here, unusual for the show, where they mentioned that Felix, uh, Oscar, and Nancy met because Felix was sick and came in. Uh, in the prior year. Ah, but can I mention it? Yes, I'm sure. So if you want to get into details, yes, right. And inconsistency. When I first heard that, I said, Oh, that's impressive because she's referencing a season one episode and here they are in season two. So right. it pretty much works out, should work out that it's an anniversary. However, I checked and the original Nancy episode that she's referencing was season one, episode 16 from January, 1971. And it is now October of 71. So I will so give them a not a year to the day. Exactly. Except I will say ah. it's possible in the odd couple world that it is not January when that episode, you know, when it aired is not necessarily the exact date that the world is taking place in. Okay. So by being off three months, I will, I'm still going to give them full credit. You may give them a demerit, but I will give them full credit because of how lousy all the other consistencies are. Okay, fine. Um, <clears throat> Also, I notice, and this is rare for this show, when he says, no, I spit shined it and used a shirt t-shirt from the laundry, I actually didn't, couldn't hear the word laundry. I don't think I ever even realized that word was there. The audience is laughing so hard, and, and Jack Klugman's delivery in that mind is starting to become low from a volume point of view. I actually had to put the closed captioning on, because I didn't know what he was saying. I didn't know if he was saying hamper or kitchen. But the I laugh found is so big, yeah. The laugh is so big. So you I know actually, why? I think I think there it it's spit shine. Yes, 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 yes. And it is such a great that's a great word. And it's, it delivers it so <laughs> with the spit spits yes. the venom out. You know. But the timing also. He just yes. he, you know it's like delivered without missing a beat. And Felix, you know, has to say, I know he's joking, but I have to clean it anyway. Exactly, because it's such a disgusting image. What's interesting here, though, and this happens fair amount is feel the, the the mood of Felix going from really like annoyed and sick to all of a sudden con, conceit and like you kids go on without me don't worry about me I'll be fine it's like a very quick change back and forth from that which is very Felix Unger so Felix leaves the room and I also yes. give a shout out to whoever did that gargle oh yeah sound uh I it, I'd like to think it was Tony Randall I, but I'm gonna, I, I, I bet it was you don't think <laughs> Absolutely. He would probably enjoy that. But yeah. I, I kind of like to think that maybe they had a test of who on the set, on the crew, could do the funniest gargling. I'm going to say they asked him, can you do it? And he did it. <laughs> and they said, let's do it. And don't you love the uh, comical suspension of disbelief that he's in the bathroom down the hall? We would probably yes. not hear it at full volume. Well, that have, we've talked about that, how that, you know, that bathroom can produce sounds when it's necessary for the laugh. And other times there's no sounds. Otherwise... I, you know, I guess somebody in the living room would hear gargling all night, which is all, all the time. There's no way it's that loud. So Felix leaves the room. Um, Nancy says the mood is now ruined, but not because of Felix, because Oscar overreacted. Oscar says it's every day that Felix is making him overreact because he lives inside me like a tapeworm. Nancy says he should try to be nicer and tolerant. Oscar says he's alive. Isn't that tolerant enough? Mm -hmm. So Nancy leaves, and Felix now, in one of these scenes, I just love when he's, like, again, trying to inform people who don't want him around about stuff that they don't care about. It's just it's a thing that he does, and I think Tony Randall does it so well. Uh, he shouts, good news, kids. Kids is used a lot <laughs> whenever he's talking to people. It's only 99, referring to his temperature. 
Um, he's always sharing updates with people who just don't care. Um, then Felix asks Oscar if it's okay if he showers tomorrow first. And Oscar starts to shout positively no, but then realizes what Nancy had asked him to do and says positively no reason why you can't, Felix. And Felix shouts, thanks, Oscar, with not a care in the world, he's being a pest, and then wishes him a happy anniversary again, in which Oscar says, thank you, feel. The Oscar feels back and forth, I always tickled by. I just find them so entertaining. And what we're, uh, the, another part of the joke, the humor here is watching Klugman as Oscar fight his impulses to just keep yelling at Felix. Yeah. Because the, but because of what Nancy just said, he has to like suppress his anger while Felix is at his most annoying and is shouting to him from his bedroom. And so the camera is just on Oscar, like forcing a smile and having to say, okay, feel. Yeah. There's a lot of, there is a lot of expressions there that, that he's alone, but seeing them makes it, makes the scene that much funnier. So it's a new scene. Uh, it's the morning. Oscar's in the kitchen preparing breakfast. Felix comes bounding in, feeling wonderful, except for his normal sinus agony. Although a week ago, if we believe the episodes are airing as they air, he just had an operation to fix that sinus agony. So there's yeah. no reference to the fact that he just spent thousands of hours on operation, has a new nose, which doesn't look new, and yet has the same. Oh, so I'm going to again chalk that up to them completely not even caring that they just did an episode <laughs> of it. It's just Mickey Rose wasn't. Gary Marshall. Right, different writer. Yeah. Right, different writer. It's like, there's no looking at what happens in this show in the past, because why would you even think that's a thing? Yeah. Um, he's also very uh, apologetic about the night before, ruining the whole anniversary. Uh, Oscar tells Felix he's making breakfast. Felix is very surprised. Um, and then, of course, we get one of the classic scenes of the entire series, which we'll just play and then we'll talk about. Good morning, Felix. How are you? I feel wonderful. Great. Listen, I must tell you that I'm genuinely sorry about last night. Will you forget it, buddy? It was nothing. What are you doing? I'm making breakfast. Well, that's, that's very, very nice of you. But I can make breakfast, as usual. Oh, you always take care of me when I'm sick. You put my mother to shame. Least I can do is take care of you when you're sick. But I feel perfectly fine this morning, except for my normal sinus agony. <laughs> your orange juice, sir. <laughs> Do you remember to remove the pits? I think so, Felix. I don't like pits in my juice. Where? Where? There's pit. There's pit. Pits. Oh, well, they must have got past me. You know how pits are very sneaky. You know? That's all. Right. I don't mind. I appreciate the effort required for you to make me orange juice. Good try. Thank you, Felix. But if you can't do a job well, don't do it at all. <laughs> I don't like pits in my juice. You're right, Felix. When you're right, you're right. I mean, the man's right. What are you going to Oh, that's my cue. What? Oh, no. Your eggs, Felix. Exactly the way you like them. <laughs> Without pits, I hope. <laughs> but seriously, Oscar, I'm stunned by your thoughtfulness. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Two-minute egg, huh? Exactly two minutes. I like my eggs three minutes. Well, two minutes, three minutes, what's the difference? The difference is with a three-minute egg, you can eat with a fork. These, you'd have to sip through a straw. Look. But another very good try. Thank you, Felix. I needed that pat on the back. So it's such a great scene. The whole pits juice thing is... The pits and my juice scene. It's... 
just, you know, iconic odd couple. Every fan, I think, uh, loves that show. We could have called this show Pits in My Juice. We could have. Maybe I'll call my first book that. <laughs> it, it could apply to anything. Yeah. Um, but what, uh, so does anyone eat a two-minute egg or a three-minute egg? I find that, I mean, I eat a seven-minute, when I eat a softball egg, it's seven minutes. A two-minute egg or a three-minute egg seems unedible to me. You know, I got to say, I, I've never been that kind of egg eater. I just like scrambled. I'm just very simple. Okay. Uh, so I, that's always mystified me how people have the patience even to. But you, but you are an expert in this, I see. You, you actually well, have an egg, egg timer. You have yeah, an egg I mean, timer. Expert is a tough word. I, I have a preference. I do make soft-boiled eggs. And I know what a seven-minute egg, I know what the yolk is like. And if you look, shows us what a two-minute egg is like. Yes, a three-minute egg. It open. It open. Yeah. Right. A three-minute egg can't be much more edible. I think Oscar's point is right. Two minutes, three minutes was the difference, except the difference is I, <laughs> neither, both of them are unedible, in my opinion. Oh, you know, things were different in the 70s. I, that's right? what I was about to say. I wonder if in the 70s people <laughs> ate that, or maybe Mickey Rose likes two-minute eggs. Or maybe the heater was, you know, much more effective. I, maybe. Climate change made stoves hotter. Then less, less climate change. I don't know. All right. Hey, but uh, let's yeah. also mention the, the pat on the back that Oscar yeah. references. Is, yeah. is Literally, Felix keeps, you, if you play the clip again, you'll hear that little pat pat. Yeah. Every time Felix, after he insults him, and he says, but good try. Right. Well, Felix is being a jerk here. He keeps saying, yeah. I don't mind. You're doing thank you. And then he throws in this, don't try at all. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's clearly contradictory. And it obviously creates tension, but he's being a jerk. I mean, Oscar is trying to be good here, be nice. Yeah. Which is so great, uh, uh, not only comedically, but just dramatically in the writing, that here's Oscar's mission is to be nice to Felix and that that will help things. And you see Felix right away just become more annoying. Exactly. Which makes yeah. it harder for Oscar to keep doing this. Right. So he and foils it right away. He can't. He can't win. Either way, he either doesn't do something or does something. He's, he's not doing it right. We cut to a new scene and Oscar comes home all excited and in a good mood because he's ready for dinner. And Felix is acting the opposite. He's annoyed and, and just sitting on the couch with a pot in his lap doing nothing. And Oscar seems confused and Felix starts to use his eyes. He uses his eyes to point from Oscar to his lap with the pot in it. And Felix says, this is the black rump roast that was dinner a half an hour ago, which leads to Felix and Oscar having another kind of tension-filled moment, which we will play now. What do you see in my lap? Bah! Open it! What color do you see in there? Black. What do you think it is? Well, it looks like some sort of black meat to me. This is the rump roast I prepared for your dinner. It was ready an hour and a half ago. I'm sorry, Felix, but the hockey championship games went into double overtime. If you knew you were going to be late, why didn't you call me? Well, I'm sorry, Felix. I meant to call you, but the game got so exciting, I didn't know what to do. This is a $6 rump roast lying here dead. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand you anymore. I've just stopped acting crazy over little things. Nancy convinced me that I overreact to you, and you're probably right 90% of the time. I'll accept that. <laughs> she said I should be nice to you, bend a little, you know, not get so mad at you. 
I find that a very mature and intelligent attitude. Well, it works, like tonight, when you were whining about your dead rump roast. Well, I tried to understand how you felt, and as a result, you didn't annoy me so much. I annoy you. <laughs> Make that 91%, Oscar. How did I annoy you? By coming home an hour and a half late? By forgetting to call and saying I was going to be late? Is that how I annoyed you, Oscar? I think you're onto something with this new attitude of yours. But instead of working at not being annoyed at me, you should stop being annoying to me. There's your project. I'll get a saw and cut the meat. I don't forgive you. But I know you're trying, and I like that. Now go wash your hands and face. Again, Felix is just being, making it harder. Making, it, making harder. it harder, and also this back and forth of "I don't forgive you. You're doing it wrong." But good try. There's obviously no positive reinforcement uh, coming out of that. Um, Can I you, mention that I yes, looked up? So did I. I know we, I could see you on the Zoom doing exactly <laughs> what I was doing. What is six dollars today? You okay. go. My, I checked inflation calculator. So did I. Right? Yes. Thirty-eight dollars and thirty-nine cents. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so oh, he, Felix is right. He got a point. Yeah, I was because it does sound obviously cheap to us, but yeah, if I spent forty dollars in dinner and my fifty-year-old male roommate ruined it, I would also be annoyed. And isn't this uh, so typical of their fights? Right. They. It, this goes back to the play and the movie that the the old odd couple scene of Oscar's late for dinner and Felix you know, complains about Oscar being late for dinner because the dinner's ruined. And this is their ultimate like domestic fight as a married couple, uh, which, you know, goes back to the original concept of the play of Neil Simon, which is that two men who couldn't survive in marriages to their wives end up married to each other and having the same fights. Yes, exactly. It is. And we see this throughout the show. I mean, there's this episode where you know, Felix is always interrupting Oscar talking about being late for dinner and people say, I didn't know, you know, you had a ha your housekeeper or your wife, <laughs> you know, there's always right. making fun of, of the fact that he's acting, acting like a wife. Uh, but Oscar clearly is in the, I mean, Felix is just being a jerk. Oscar, who I actually normally am, am annoyed when he comes home late or clearly doesn't care that Felix has done something, this time I believe Oscar completely in the right. Did Oscar even know Felix was making him dinner? Like, we don't even know the setup behind that. So the scene ends, and now we cut to Oscar in his bedroom, mocking the Felix's speech about uh, instead of being annoyed at uh, instead of being annoyed at me, you should be trying to think how to not annoy me so much. I'm misquoting that, but stop being annoying to me. Right. This leads to the scene I remember most from the show, even more than the pits and the juice. I just have a fond memory of watching it with one of my childhood friends before I even met you when we were, <laughs> I don't know, nine or 10 or something. And I just, I think this is the first scene I remember loving from The Odd Couple. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call it what it is. It's the Bolivian chicken scene. Hey, Oscar. What? Mr. 91% right. <laughs> Very interesting article in this magazine, Oscar. It's about Bolivian chickens. No kidding! Look at what he's hitting me with Bolivian chicken! You gotta save it for me, I'll stick it in your orange juice. As they're growing them as big as turkeys. You're kidding! Who cares about Bolivia? The 
you made for me this morning were short turkeys. <laughs> That's a joke, Oscar. What? That's a laugh, Felix. You don't mind when I rib you, do you, Ask? No, I love a good ribbing, Phil. I can't help this crazy sense of humor of mine. <laughs> good night, pal. Good night, Felix. We should mention what a, that. what a great demonic laugh Felix has at the end. So Felix, Oscars, we know when halfway through the scene, you know, just falls on his knees, starts biting his mattress cover or his bed cover and hitting the mm -hmm. bed with his fist because he's so annoyed. Um, it's just the, they're not even in the same room, but they're chemistry. Right. Yeah, this is key to the, to the comedy of the scene is that they're talking across the hall from each other's bedrooms. And the contrast between Felix and his all like in his perfectly, uh, perfectly ironed pajamas and sitting up reading a magazine and yelling out about how this random article that no one else would care about. And, uh, and of course, here Felix trying to be actually nice to Oscar is also making things worse. Is and, he? I think he's just self, he's self involved. Yeah. He's sharing something that he should be aware Oscar has no, doesn't care about. I'm not even, I mean, I don't even know if he thinks he's being nice to Oscar. I think he's just being the self-absorbed Felix that we know exists. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of his, yes, it's one, he's aggressively uh, full of himself sometimes. And the contrast between you know, Felix's total contentment and Oscar, like literally writhing on his bed in pain, trying to suppress his anger. Um, it's also a great contrast, the little shots back and forth of the two bedrooms, right? Yes, right, which I can't tell if they're across the hall or or, or You can get to see the, you know, the, the classic Oscar, Oscar bedroom and all its yes. messiness, but nice, we, we see a lot in this episode of Felix's bedroom. Right, which is... And I don't know if you noticed, but do you know the pictures on the wall of Felix's bedroom? I saw are, them, I don't remember. Are of the great Italian orchestra conductor Arturo Toscanini. Oh. So very on brand, as we yes. say, for Felix uh, Unger. And I also think this is the first time we hear, maybe it's in season one, I just don't remember, um, my crazy sense of humor. Because Felix loves to deprive <laughs> his own crazy sense of humor. We hear that throughout the show, yes. throughout the series. Um, and this is the first time I think we've, I think we hear it, or at least in season two. And we, of course, we get more of the Oscan feel back and forth here. So Oscar goes to sleep uh, and we hear him dreaming about the encounter at breakfast earlier today and um, the Pitts dialogue comes back in a, in a modified way with Tony Randall uh, making it a bit more of a dreamlike speech, which we'll play a little bit of right here. I don't like pits, 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 my juice, juice, juice. I don't like pits, 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 my juice, juice, juice. So this is Oscar dreaming. <laughs> Every time he says pits, 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 his stomach goes up and down on the bed. And the way Tony Randall did that voiceover, you could just tell how much fun he was having. Exactly, right. It's like they said here, Tony, just be 
the most crazy nightmare Felix Unger you can. <laughs> so Oscar starts to sleepwalk now and he walks into Felix's room saying pits, pits, pits and my juice, juice, juice over and over again. And he has a rolled up magazine and he hit, hits Felix over the head while Felix is sleeping. Felix is wearing an eye mask. So he doesn't exactly see what's happened, although he seems to figure it out pretty quickly. Um, and I don't know if you caught this, but Oscar mutters Bolivian chickens on the way out. Yes. <laughs> it's very funny. And there we go to commercial. Uh, and we come back, and Oscar's now with a di- in the dining room table writing. It's in the morning, and he uh, seems to be good spirits and just busy at work. Yes, seems to be kind of have a weight lifted off his, off his mind. So Felix comes in, and he's the opposite. He's tired, he's groggy, he's not feeling well. Oscar says, good morning, buddy. And he uses buddy. Whenever Oscar's in a particularly good mood, he calls Felix buddy. And Oscar, um, Felix stares at Oscar and confused, and he's jumpy. And he says he had a terrible dream that Oscar, uh, Oscar, before he tells him what it is, Oscar says it's the same one where he's trapped in a sewer barefoot. And Felix says it was worse. Oscar was in the room, in the dream, and he comes into Felix's room, screams terrible obscenities. And that, as a kid, I think I always didn't quite understand that this is that it was a dream because I would think to myself, pits, 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 juice, juice, juice isn't obscenities. Why is he saying that? I guess I realize now that in Felix's groggy mind, mm. he didn't maybe know what Felix, what Oscar was asking saying. saying, right? Uh, and that some and Oscar had hit him over the head with a blunt object. It's so funny that moment because Felix is right, uh, completely uh, barely awake and looks terrible and he's just looking at Oscar going you know I had this weird dream but it sure you sure you didn't it sure felt real to me and Oscar's going what are you talking about and Oscar genuinely because he was sleepwalking doesn't remember it Oscar leaves uh Oscar says I, yeah I don't know what you're talking about um and he leaves and tells him that he left all his laundry in his bedroom Felix says in the pillowcase and Oscar says yeah all the stuff that is stiff I guess stiff laundry is some... Bad. That's a bad sign. Yeah, I've heard that joke over the years in television. I never really understood it. So you, if it's bad because... I'm going to overanalyze this now. So (laughs) if it's stiff, it's because it's been... Why not? Like, you you leave your shirt... Let's just say, you know, I can't say uh, I've done this myself, as sloppy as I am, but I think the point is if you leave your dirty clothes, certain flimsy dirty clothes and just leave them dirty, round, lying around for years, they might get a little stiff. Okay. I don't know how that's, I don't know how could that try, works. We could, someone could try that at home. You try it. Oh, yes. Or one of our listeners. <laughs> so Felix, this gives Felix, this, the whole reason for this dialogue isn't the joke. It's so that Felix has a reason to go into Oscar's room where he finds a crumpled magazine and weapon and now realizes this wasn't a dream. <clears throat> so we cut to a, a night scene where Felix is talking to Murray. And this is the first time you and I have encountered Murray in the podcast. He, um, this is his 12th appearance, actually, on the show out of 73 episodes, played by Al Molinaro, who was not a particularly busy TV or film actor based on his IMDb credits before The Odd Couple. It seems to be The Odd Couple is kind of where he really came into his own. I imagine he was doing broad theater or, or other legit roles um, before TV. Also a note that the character of Murray the Cop was played by Herbert Edelman in the movie, and Herbert Edelman is best known as Dorothy Spornak's ex-husband on The Golden Girls. 
Al Molinaro, of course, had two iconic roles in TV, which is tough to do. Murray the Cop and also on Happy Days. Both Gary Marshall shows. Both Gary Marshall shows. 146 episodes of Happy Days, 17 episodes of Joni Love's Chachi. Wow. And he died in 2015. So Felix shows Murray the magazine, and Murray says, Ralph Nader has something to do with this? Which is <laughs> Great 1971 joke. Right, and classic Murray misunderstanding. Um, and Murray says, are you sure that it's Oscar? And Felix says, who else lives here? And Murray says, well, that's none of my business, Felix, which I thought was a very <laughs> funny line. Felix asks Murray if he will stay tonight to witness what's going on and protect him. Murray says he can't because he's on duty. Felix says this is duty. It's assault and battery. Murray agrees. And while they're talking, uh, well, no, so, sorry, before we get to that, uh, Murray says that they had a case like this before, and it turns out that the, the offender was sleepwalking. And Felix says, what should he do? And Murray says, don't wake him up. They get very violent. Now, I've heard this before on TV shows. There's a Honeymooners episode that has Ed Norton sleepwalking, and they say mm. the same thing. Mm. I, I don't believe it's true that you can't wake up a sleepwalker or they get violent. I feel like that's a TV trope that's designed because it's a great way to not wake someone up and keep the sleepwalking going because that's the whole point of the scene. Uh, well, I'm really out of my depth here, uh, expertise-wise, but um, you're right. It is I've, more commonly known as a TV joke than something from actual medicine. But I believe that. I mean, as a kid, I believed, I think because of Honeymooners and Odd Couple, which, by the way, aired back-to-back on yes, TVX. Right. So it's possible I saw this episode and the Ed Norton sleep episode in one hour and made me very afraid that if I ever saw a sleepwalker to never wake them up. But I don't believe that's true. <clears throat> uh, um, yes. While we're on the subject of Murray, um, I just want to say another odd couple happy days connection. I recently uh, was reminded of was uh, reading Bob Lesac's book, odd couple on stage and stage and screen which is uh, another one of the odd couple Bibles out there. I have there. that. Yes, I have that. Um, he, he points out something that should have been obvious to us, is that Nancy Cunningham shares the name Cunningham with Mr. C. Oh, that's right. Happy days. The, point, the whole family, yeah. That's good yeah, point. Richie. So I guess maybe, so Bob Lesac thinks that uh, Gary Marshall has something for the name Cunningham. I would believe that. Um, <clears throat> that assumes that Gary Marshall created the character of Nancy Cunningham, but he must have. He must have been very heavily involved in that. So what's great here is that um, while they're talking, Felix's back is to the living room, and Murray is at the, at the refrigerator, and Felix is talking to him. So they can't see the living room, and Oscar comes out, which you know, is not expected. It's really a great moment. Comes out in his pajamas, sleepwalking, and hits Felix over the head. <laughs> and Felix starts to chase him back, doesn't want to wake him up, but is like kind of prancing up and down. Instead, shouts for Murray after Oscar goes back to come quickly, Murray comes out with his gun, which is one of the few times we see Murray, but not the only time. Felix says, put your gun away, you just got hit again. So Oscar comes back out again. And now, ironically, Murray wakes Felix, uh, wakes Oscar. He says, hi, Oscar, how's it going? Waking him up. And Oscar says, what's the living room doing in my bedroom? Um, because he clearly doesn't know he's in the living room. Oscar goes back to bed. And Murray says he didn't actually see any hitting. It's just circumstantial. And he has to leave. And he says, I'm a policeman. I can't get involved. And there's a lot of jokes, which I'm sure are tied into the NYPD in the 70s, of how policemen don't actually do their job. 
and of course, Murray's really more interested in having some milk and cookies. Exactly, which is, Felix. is, yes, he loves Felix's chocolate chip cookies. So now we get to a scene where Felix now realizes he has to get proof in order for this to get to the next stage. So we cut to a scene where Felix is rigging a camera in Oscar's bedroom <laughs> so that it will go off when Oscar gets up. And let's remember that Felix is a photo professional exactly. photographer, so yes. he has all this fancy equipment. But before he can finish that, Oscar actually wakes up from the bed and hits him over the head. Uh, the next night, we see Felix in bed. He, he goes to take some kind of pill, which I, I guess he forgot to take. So he goes to get water, and we see now that there's all this furniture in front of his doors to prevent Oscar from going in. A barricade. A barricade. So he moves it to go get the water from the bathroom, and as he's pushing it aside, Oscar opens the door and hits him over the head. <laughs> so, so each time, right, we have a buildup here of, like, he's got, like, the perfect plan, and Oscar fo foils it each time by finding the weak spot or whatever, and even in his sleep. <laughs> Unconsciously. He somehow knows yeah. when to get Felix when Felix isn't looking. So uh, now we have the final scene of this where the barricade's back up again, but this time Felix is prepared. He has a camera in his bed and he has, I guess, some sort of pith helmet or army helmet. <laughs> it, it, it looks to me like a World War I army helmet. <laughs> right. Well, we don't, we don't know Felix's war record well, so maybe he was in World War I too. Now he's in World War I, yeah. Um, and I, I think they chose it because it looks even funnier. So Oscar barges his way through like the Hulk or the Kool-Aid guy through this furniture. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and right as he's about to hit Felix, Felix grabs the camera and gets his helmet on. But I, what I fondly remember about this scene, and, and I think it's one of the best in the whole show, is the score, is the music yes. of this. Because it's so appropriately both still part of the comedic element, but yet showing that this is a scene about aggression. So let's play this scene, which partially we're playing. It's a very visual scene, but we're playing the clip to, to kind of showcase the score. Well, you're an animal! Why is he doing this? I'll never get through that. I can just get through this now. So the audience we is clap. Go ahead. We should say the sequence here is that uh, not only does Oscar break through, and he kind of sounds like the Frankenstein, the old Frankenstein monster, you know. And uh, he, Felix is trying to takes a flash photography. He gets the picture finally, the evidence, big flash on his camera, and but Oscar is still hitting him with the magazine, but Felix has his helmet on. And so then Oscar turns away and he comes back, takes the helmet off and then hits him on the head and puts the helmet back on his head. Yes, it's a, it's a great final moment. Um, the, the, the audience applauses because Felix was able to get the camera up and the hat on, the helmet on before he could hit him. Of course, not realizing after they're applauding that he's actually still going to get hit on the head. Yeah. Um, hey, about the music? Yeah. Uh, that, you know, you're mentioning that reminds me how um, I got... I was thinking about the uh, the general music in the show. Like we all know that Neil Hefty wrote the Odd Couple theme and the Batman theme with the show. Oh yeah, and the Batman. Theme. Uh, and that Odd Couple, he wrote the score for the movie, and that's where the theme comes from. So I always assumed that they just use the only music of Hefty's would be the theme. But I look back in the credits, and it clearly says for the TV series, music by Neil Hefty. There's no, it doesn't say theme by Neil Hefty. He is the credited composer. For the series so i have to assume 
all these great interludes like this and last week the kind of weird trippy yeah, horror movie, movie yeah, yeah. music like he i guess wrote these great uh cues and he really you know, as you said the batman theme is great he wrote for sinatra and count basie and he was a real he was like a nelson riddle kind of figure from the 60s uh writing a lot of great swing bands great jazz writer and even this this is a great tune i'm glad you highlighted it which i, I this would be a great thing to sample or have on your phone just that uh it's very jazzy and swingy and also kind of rough right it's really appropriate for the scene so the next scene we cut to is you see a picture of that p felix had taken uh, from his angle of the Oscar barging in the room, and it's but it's Oscar looking at the picture because clearly Felix has shown her the picture, and Oscar's talking to Nancy and saying that um, he's calling a cab and his bags are packed because he's going to leave. And Oscar's trying to be nice to him, make a three minute egg. He clearly feels bad about <laughs> it. He doesn't want feel even though you know every all the time he wants Felix to leave, but he never wants Felix to leave because Oscar forces him out. He really only wants Felix to leave because it's time to go, which happens at the end of the show, at the end of the series. But he never really wants him to leave because he forces him out. So we're going to play this whole scene. It's almost three minutes, but it really is worth it because yeah, it's, it's not necessarily super. It's not because and, it's so funny. It's just because it's a great, it's a great dialogue. And, and Tony Randall's at his, uh, his, his martyr best. Yeah. You know, yeah. Felix is self-fitting. In, right. To heightened dramatic level. Well, how you feeling, Felix? Hang on, Oscar. Listen, would you like some orange juice? I strained it. I took out all the pits, I think. Thank you. It's very kind of you, Oscar. No, I don't want to. <laughs> how about three minute eggs right on the head? Three minutes. I couldn't hold a thing on my stomach. My bags are packed. Cab will be here in ten minutes. Felix, would it help to tell you how sorry I am? Please, Oscar. It's not your fault. It's mine. It must be. There's something in me that provokes such terrible hatred to me that your subconscious mind drives you to attack me. Oh, come on. No, no, I mean, I've never told you this before. I've never told anyone. But my ex-wife, Gloria, used to hit me on the head. <laughs> What's wrong with me, anyway? Nothing. Finish me a cut it out. It's all right. It's just this one thing. I don't want you to feel any guilt whatsoever. The fault is not yours. There's something in me that brings out this ugly, animal, terrible viciousness. I'm a bad seed, Oscar. <laughs> oh, Felix, cut it out. Don't cry, will you? I, I can't stand to see a grown man cry. Please, please, will you cut it out? Will you stop it? Like it does it, Felix! I can put up with a devout hypochondriac. I can stand a man who has won all the awards for cleaning. <laughs> I can even understand why you vacuum the shower curtain. <laughs> but I can't take you being a martyr. I refuse to live with Joan of Arc. So you take your packs and your pits and take your pills and your pains and take your pots and your pants and your pouting and pull out. That's what's been missing, Oscar. You haven't been yelling at me. I've been trying to be nice to you. Aha! That's it! What's it? Hostility, repressed during the day, erupts at night. 
Freud! Dreams in the subconscious! I know that's the answer! Yes? Yes, we can work this out. You really think we can? Of course! The main thing is, you must never be nice to me. What do you mean by that? If you feel hostile, act hostile. Let it all hang out. I'll try anything. Yes, the main thing is that we must be emotionally honest with each other at all times. I'll be honest with you right now, Phoenix. I gotta go to work. And I'm going to have breakfast. Okay. My appetite is back. Eggs and orange juice. Great. Terrific. I'll see you tonight. To us. How is the orange juice? Perfect. Oh, marvelous. Good. I'll see you tonight. So we should say that that final moment is Felix spitting out pits again. That scene is so great. There's so many things. There's such a, there's a, there's this, this is like a mystery to be solved. There's a, an, an organic range of emotion and progression. It's all, of course, you know, happens very fast from the real world because they have to, but it just shows so much of their relationship and how tough it is to live together, but how they really care about each other. Packs a lot into three minutes. A lot, a lot in three minutes. And the reveal about my Nancy hitting, uh, Gloria hitting me, you know, which <laughs> of course I also don't believe, I also believe a joke <laughs> without consistency. Um, however, I do believe that the only bad thing about this episode, and it's ruined, that scene is ruined by this terrible tag where mm -hmm. Oscar comes into Felix's room. Felix is scared because he thinks, oh, is Oscar sleepwalking? Get it. But Oscar says no. He wants Felix to hit him now just in case. Um, in case Oscar does it later and Felix says no that's silly and he keeps refusing and Oscar says please do it and Felix says no and Oscar out of frustration hits him over the head again and it was like a freeze frame of him holding the head I find <laughs> that I don't think it's funny it's a little weird it's unnecessarily violent I just <laughs> feel like they had no I feel like there must have been a better thing to do than that well I don't know I didn't mind it but it is a, it's a bit uh, jarring that after that nice scene, the nice reconciliation scene they have, Oscar's hitting him on the head again. It's like yeah. I said, it just shows that it's okay. Don't worry, fans. They're still going to fight. So that's one way to see it. And that's where the episode ends. Hey, um, Ted, uh, before we leave that big scene, I just want to note, I want to give, I'll credit Nikki Rose, although these shows were very collaborative, but just check out the alliteration in Oscar's big Throwing out Felix. your pots and your pans and take, ah the whole th I had to I had to caption the whole thing. Okay, go ahead. So you take your packs and your pits and your pills and your pains and your pots and your pans and your pouting and pull out. Yeah, it's really good. You're right. Um, that's why yeah, it's such a great nice flourish, nice, nice literary flourish. Yeah, really well, really such a well constructed uh, scene on paper and then by the actors. Uh, so I give it five out of five. It's one of my favorites of all time. I guess if I had a top 10 list, which maybe at some point we should get to, um, it would make it, although I'd have to think about it. But it is one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, pretty much. I agree. Uh, I, I didn't expect, I remembered it fondly for those great scenes, the, 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 the particular moments that we all remember. But watching the whole thing again satisfied me in a way that the others we've watched so far haven't and so i would give it a five out of five and um one of the cool things about it i realized is that there's only four people it's only felix and oscar and then one scene with nancy and one scene with murray yeah it's just the two of them maybe that's one of the reasons it's so great it's just uh 
here. It reminds you how cheap this show was. And it all <laughs> takes place in the house. They don't yep. go in. There are no locations. It's just the two of them. And so this, the writing is just so zeroed in on the two, the relationship. And it's, that's what makes it so intense and that these two actors can carry that so well. And the other thing I really like about it is that it, it really, uh, like we were saying with the dinner scene, it gets back to the original concept of the whole odd couple narrative from Neil Simon, which is that this is a marriage. And I think what's funny about that today is the joke originally for Neil Simon and the audience was that, hey, isn't this funny to watch these two men behave like a married couple? Well, today <laughs> we are less restricted gender roles. You know, it's not automatically comic. And but I think it doesn't make the show dated. It makes uh, more relatable and more uh, interesting to see this as a domestic uh, relationship between the two of them. And this episode really explores that, even though it's a comic extreme of the sleepwalking, uh, that itself is a, just an exaggeration of the kind of unconscious tensions that can blow up in a relationship. So that's very real. Dig the Freud reference, by the way, right, from Felix? Yeah, yeah, Felix always, you know, there's a whole episode where Felix analyzes Oscar. He does it more than once. And Oscar always says, oh, is that really right, Dr. Freud? He'll do a German <laughs> accent. Um, yeah, I mean, it, does, it definitely gets out of the heart of all those matters. It's really less about the, the, the neat and the sloppy, and it's much right. more about their personalities um, and their interactions. So uh, really a great, great... And again, as I said earlier, I think it's the first great episode of the show. It took them season and a eighth to get there, which is, but I don't, again, don't count season one. So it really took them four episodes within the, what we call the official odd couple, to, at least I do, like that's really the show. It took them four episodes to get there, which is pretty impressive. Hey, this, is, this is a good one. Great one. This is a great one. And one that I, for the first time, felt, you know, listeners, if, if you ever wanted to really catch up on the series, this is a good one to start with if you want to watch. It's on the CBS yes. All Access channel. Um, and it just adds so much to see their, what they're adding visually and physically to the performance. So this is one I would definitely recommend watching if you feel like getting back into the show. And it's also just the script, again, is just, it's like an object lesson in writing a 22-minute uh, sitcom uh, uh, teleplay, just the way it, 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 every plot twist is perfectly timed, it escalates the tension perfectly, resolves it in a nice way. It's just a great little uh, lesson in script writing. If you have any feedback for us, you can email, email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. We'd love for you to leave us a five-star rating and a positive comment on iTunes if you would be so uh, happy to. And a shout-out to the Odd Couple uh, Facebook group that I recently joined and pos uh, posted our, our uh, podcast and got some great feedback. So we will be ne back next week with uh, the next episode that we want to talk about of Season 2. Uh, Garrett, take your pots and your pans and get out. No pits in my juice, Ted.